Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Hey everyone, welcome back to a super fun and no bullshit episode of the Right Way podcast where we're diving into how to break up with people in your life when it comes to your career. No small topic <laughs> to discuss. Nope. We're getting real. This is the this is our new uh, theme for these episodes. But I think it actually really is an interesting question. I think especially related to creative clients and their representation. Um, I think this happens. I think especially. I don't know how you how you feel. Oh, I feel all kinds of ways. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, I think that. At your stage in the game, veteran writer, multi-published, um, I, I think you get, you perhaps gain some perspective, but I don't know. I think it's still such a tricky relationship with with a, with a creative client and representation because it does, it sits in this weird, hazy area between personal and professional. For sure. And yeah, kind of looking back, I mean, my journey's almost been a 20-year journey now since I've... Um, since I was first published and I, I've gone through a few agents. So let's start with the literary agent conversation. So this relationship, I always say it, I think it's one of the most important because if you sign with the correct agent for you, you are going to hopefully grow your career with that person. Now, most writers that I know who've been in the game for five years, 10 years, 15 years, have been through a plethora of agents. They reach a point where they're either not getting the results they want or they're wanting to kind of up level and they outgrow their agent. And for some, like myself, I'm a bit of a loyalist and it can seem like, oh no, but like if you started with that person, like it's so hard to change courses. And I remember when I, fir- especially, especially if they get you over like the, those, a couple of those first humps, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, when I transitioned to nonfiction, my first real book came out in 2011. <laughs> it was called the cheat sheet. It was about infidelity, like how to figure out if your partner is cheating on you. And it got a pretty decent deal. Actually, they brought in a co-author who was an infidelity expert, Um, And I had an agent for that. And I jumped over so many hoops for that agency because I was no one and didn't have, you know, any sort of digital following. I wasn't really um, anyone in that field in terms of an expert, but I never felt comfortable with that agent. I felt like I always had to prove something to her. I never felt comfortable just being like, hey, I'm super overwhelmed and I don't know what I'm doing and like, can you help? It was just like, I wanted to, to prove myself. So I never. Well, that's such a red flag. Yeah, it's a right? real red I mean, flag. That is like such an ultimate red flag because I think what we forget is that, and I, this is not to say like, this is not some kind of a power play, but representation works for you. Yes, it does. Sorry. I was swallowing a bit of smoothie. <laughs> no, that's dramatic right. pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 I th- I think the I think because 
the, the idea of having representation, I think this goes, I think this goes for talent as well. I think it goes for literary. I think it goes for, you know, obviously like in screenwriting, literary, I think in talent, um, and, and, and books as well, it becomes so coveted just to have the representation because these industries are so lock and key that we end up, clients end up feeling like they owe the agent or manager or whomever something uh, outside of the commission that they're going to take if you sell something. And and that's not the case. Their their job when they when you sign with them, their job is to try to sell you and your stuff. They work for yes, you. Yes, 100%. And I mean, you know, when you sign, like if you're if you are lucky enough to to find an agent, someone you feel really comfortable with, we've said it a million times, but you that relationship should be a vetted relationship. You should have asked them a bunch of questions. You should have gone over that contract like very, you know, hopefully a lawyer's looked at it or someone in in the space has looked at it and you feel very comfortable comfortable with the terms. But when you get to that point of like, okay, how do I gauge if and when this isn't working or if and when it's time to move on? And I think a, a first really big step in that is if nothing's happening, if you're not selling anything, if there's no movement now, that's not to say like, if my agent doesn't sell something in two months, it's time to move on. Like sometimes this can take a year or years in the making, but if, if nothing is happening that can lead to the very awkward breakup conversation and, you know, I've had to have it. I've had clients who've come to me like, Oh, you know, what do I do? Like, this isn't, this isn't going well. And usually in a literary agency clause, um, in a contract, there's a 30 day, like written termination clause. And what I always say is, you know, people usually get really emotional about this and like they overthink it, but it is business. This is a business, somewhat transactional relationship. Sometimes it doesn't work out. And the moment you are ready to move on, you need to put it in writing and get it done and just make it a nice, clean, swift breakup without, you know, I don't know, just like dragging it out or over explaining yourself or, you know, but a lot of people are afraid to break up with that agent because they're afraid they're not going to get a new agent. And that can be tricky. Totally. As well. And I also think that, you know, in referring to it, like, and we're going to refer it to it over the course of this episode as a breakup, but in referring to it as a breakup, we're probably giving it more weight than it even needs. Like, like you said, Rhea, like you don't need to sit there and over explain yourself. Now, granted, I think also, you know, you mentioned, like, I think you need to calibrate your expectations. So in any industry, whether it be like books or film and TV or whatever, with when, when these developmental projects are concerned, there, a certain amount of time does take place, but you really can gauge you, it is easy to gauge whether or not your representation is working for you on your behalf and making like proactive, progressive strides to move things along. And I think if you notice that that shit is not happening, you just need to pull the plug. You don't have it. Do there doesn't need to have have a big conversation. Now, I think that the unfortunate part is on the other side. I have known many like agents, literary managers in, in LA, people that like individuals that kind of exploit 
the fact that there is a personal aspect. This is a relationship that's built on your growth as an artist. This is a relationship that about uh, uh, evolution. This is a relationship that does cross the lines of personal and professional. And I think there are people out there that want to... I had a friend that was a TV writer and he moved from one um, agency to another because it was a, the best thing for him at the time in his career. And his, his, the, the agent he was leaving, like they had, a, they had to have a really profoundly, I think, inappropriate phone call where the, 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 the represent the rep that was being left made it infinitely personal uh on behalf of my friend and 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 i want everyone listening to recognize the fact that that's not fair and that's wrong um, unfortunately and i'm not this is not to like cast dispersions against anybody who's a rep but like that's not appropriate to not do. at all and i think that's why people are afraid to break up because <laughs> they think it's going to be very personal but, you know, I've had um, many clients who've wanted to step away from an agent, not really because nothing's happening, but because they are somewhat ghosting them. They'll send them an email and it takes two weeks to get a response. Or I was just talking to a very, very well-known author the other day, and she is now, she now has no agent and is out of contract and is kind of like, I don't even know what to do because her her agent fell off the face of the earth. She got a new agent. They fell off the face of the earth. And and I've had um, an experience like that as well with my second agent who was um, a really nice guy, but he never sold anything for me. And then, yeah, he just disappeared. And then he just dropped agenting altogether. So I think that's why it's really important to do your due diligence. Um, one little tip I would give to people, if you're really thinking about this, like, sure, there are all sorts of resources where you can check on an agent and, and all that. But if you join Publishers Marketplace for 25 bucks a month, which I know isn't super cheap, you could even do it for a month though, if you wanted to, you can put in any literary agent that you're interested in, hit what is called deal makers, and it will show you how many deals they've made in the last 12 months, in what categories for how much money, like there's one agent that I pitched to, I mean, he's done like, he's done over 25 deals in the last 12 months, over 56 six figure plus deals. He's one of the top agents, you know, in the industry. And a lot of that's really attractive to a lot of people, but some people might want someone who's a little bit newer starting out, but actually seeing what they have done, how many deals they have sold. You know, we've done a podcast episode about what questions to ask before you sign with an agent. I think that is so incredibly important to go into your meeting knowing what to ask. And, and you'll just get that gut feeling like, if this is the right person for me, are they saying the right things? Do I feel that connection and, and you'll kind of know what to do, but you should ask yourself the same thing if it's not working out and it's time to maybe look at other avenues. Like you kind of know, I feel like when a relationship is no longer serving you and rather than just dragging it out, you got to just like pull the plug and move on because pull it's your plug. career at the end of well, the day. And I think that it's your, exactly. And I, and I think that, you know, a couple of things to consider um, as, uh, like, obviously I just want to reiterate and we'll, we'll link to that episode in the show notes. Cause I think it's a really pertinent point to make that like, is like, 
get get to know who you're getting involved with. You need to know who you're talking to. Like, especially at some of these agents, like you want to know where that agent maybe is in the hierarchy, in the agency. Uh, you want to know if they're maybe a junior, if they're just like hip pocketing clients, like what's happening. Um, know, know what you're getting involved with so that you can more clearly navigate the relationship. On the other end of the relationship, you like... This is not personal. So we, I would also suggest, um, this is twofold. If you're thinking about leaving, uh, your rep and you are, that you feel they're not working for you, you feel that the vibe is wrong and you are, you're anxiety, like you got anxiety over this, like, like a breakup, I, I, I would implore you to consider what you think the rep would do when they're done with you. Ooh, that's a good uh, point. There yeah. isn't there isn't a rep. There isn't a rep out there. if you're not bringing in the opportunity for them to sell you, do you think they're going to sit around and stew for 3 months, 6 months like whether or not they should cut you loose? No. They're just going to cut you loose because from their end it's the same thing. It's also business. Yep. And on on the other on the other sorry, on the other side of that, I think that if if they do that, if if a rep does let you go, you need to continue to remember this refrain that it's not personal. You can't take it personally. You got to like, you know, sack up, man up and move on. You or know, woman up, Joe. Come woman on. Up. Sorry. 2021. You're Get right. with Human it. Human up. Human up. How Individual up. Person yes. Up. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're Completely. right. Completely. Right. So I have a question about that though. Like in your experience, and I can give my two cents about this, but you know, we live in a very digital world where we, you know, do shit, very important things by text or email. But in this instance, yes, you need to definitely do a, a, a you know, have a written <laughs> statement that you want to terminate. But in terms of that conversation, do you think an email suffices or do you think it needs to be a phone call? I, um, uh, for my, for my money, I would say that you, you can weigh that depending on how long you were with that, that rep. I, 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 cause I really think like, if you're talking like, uh, like I had a manager when I was in LA and we're still good friends and I was with him for uh, years and I just kind of like ended up kind of like phasing, aging, growing out of the business. And I felt the need. I was not worried about the relation or the, the conversation, but I felt that given our professional and, you know, it was also a personal a friendship uh, that I needed to like actually sit down and have a meeting with him and, and tell him face to face. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I, well, I think having it in writing is the number one most important thing. Like the, because, you know, that is usually standard in a contract. They need to have it written. Some, some of them require you to mail it in. I'd always have, you know, an email copy and maybe like a, an actual copy <laughs> that you signed. But yeah, I mean, I think as awkward as phone calls can be or as awkward as in-person meetings can be, sometimes that's so much better then sending an email where the tone can be misinterpreted, you know, people can get pissed off or whatever. I think it's really important to, you know, leave that relationship with as much integrity as you can. Yes. And yeah. one reason I feel like people don't 
break up probably when they should is because we get really comfortable. I mean, it's like the long-term relationships that we might not be getting well, anything Well, and like from. you said, people are afraid. That of course. There's nothing else on the other nothing end else. of ending that relationship. And, and I'm going to be totally, totally honest. So, I mean, I've talked about this before, and this leads into kind of like breaking up with your editor <laughs> or your publisher. So I am, as of, you know, February 2022, I will be out of contract with um, St. Martin's Press, with my publisher, and I am not going to publish another book with them. And I had to have the breakup conversation with my editor. It's completely mutual because they know I'm not happy. I haven't grown as an author in four books. So we've worked together for almost five years. And I've been pretty vocal about that, like just not getting that chance at like the lead title and working my ass off and spending over a hundred thousand dollars and, and feeling like there's no upward momentum. And you know, that I've made a lot of mistakes on on my end of things. And so my editor, we had some things that were kind of lost in translation. And I got a little upset about an email exchange about, you know, potentially moving forward with another book. And I, you know, I kind of settled down and I sent my editor an email and was like, hey, we've worked together almost five years. Like, I think this warrants a really honest conversation. And so we had one of the best conversations, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for her, I would have not ever like become a, a real published novelist. And she believed in me so much. But what was happening was behind the scenes, there were all of these conversations going on about my career that I was not included in. I was never part of that conversation with where I wanted to grow, how I wanted to grow, what direction I wanted to grow, you know, what was working, what wasn't working. Those were all conversations held without me. And I made that really clear. And she she totally understood. But, you know, she was also like, I know that you're going to be big. Like, I just, I just know it. And it's really scary to, like, move forward. But she's so excited for me and I'm so excited. But like we both got upset on that call because it's very emotional. It's really scary to kind of like step out into the unknown and be like, well, shit, what about if I don't ever get published? But then the the flip side of that, it's like, oh, my God, but what if what if I do? And what if it's a totally different experience moving forward? And I've talked to so many authors who's who've also like made that leap and that jump and you know, I've been lucky enough to be with a publisher for four straight books, but it is time for something new. And the fact that we had that phone call, it was so loving. It was so positive. And it left me feeling, it left me feeling utterly drained as if I had literally just broken up with a long-term partner, but at the same, at the same time, very, very hopeful. But we're now kind of like all on the same page and we can treat this last release with a lot of fun and and just honesty. I think like the transparency, especially in this industry, is not, I mean, like rarely, if ever, is anything transparent in this industry. It's all kind of hush-hush. It's all kind of private. No one knows what's going on, sometimes on either side of things. And I think it's just time 
for more and more authors to speak up and be like, you know what? Like being an author is fucking awesome, but it also is really hard and it also sucks sometimes. And it's okay for me to say that. That doesn't make me sound like an ungrateful brat. It it's it's honest and it's it's something that like oh, you're published. Oh my God, that must be so amazing. And it's like, yeah, but also no. <laughs> and well, and unfortunately, I think that the transparent, getting, get, gaining any kind of transparency, the onus is a little bit going to be on clients on one side to, to, I think clients need to start being, being brave, being bold, being brash. I mean, I've seen this, I, I used to see this so often in LA with writers or actors or or whomever who didn't know how to engage with their representation because they were so worried about upsetting the quote unquote status quo, whatever that is. And in my mind, I was like, if you make money, your agent makes money. If you feel like nothing's happening, you can talk to them. You need to be honest with them. You need to be forthright with them. You need to, if you need a phone call, yes, they have, you are not the only client that they have. Yes. Uh, just because you don't hear anything doesn't mean that the wheels aren't turning, but do you need, if you feel like there's something that you need that you're not getting, you have to ask for it. Definitely. And, and again, I think just like not being afraid to ask those questions, even if they're hard questions, even if they seem foolish, nothing is foolish if it is going to help your career in some way and get you to a better level of understanding. I mean, you know, the, the contract piece of this in general, like I think when it gets to the breaking up with an editor or publisher, it gets a little bit more complicated because you're no longer talking about a one to two page contract. You're talking about like a 50 page contract and you have, you know, royalties that you're going to be thinking about forever and, you know, all kinds of stuff that seems so overwhelming. Sometimes people just, they don't want to do it <laughs> because it, it seems too overwhelming. So really like what I like to say, and it's kind of the same thing with, you know, breaking up with a partner or divorce or whatever is, you know, sometimes we get so overwhelmed by the prospect of like all the logistics and what we have to do that we become paralyzed. So if you can actually make kind of like a list of things that need to be done for you to actually sever this contract or relationship, but maybe plan ahead, like get get some ideas for some new publishers or some new things that you want to pitch to or, you know, get organized and possibly play out your worst case scenario. So like, okay, if you break up with this editor or publisher, let's say, you know, you pitch something for a couple months or whatever with your agent and nothing hits then what? And okay, so this is the worst case scenario is that you don't sell anything in the immediate future. What does that mean for your finances? What does that mean for your career? And then come up with a contingency plan so you can kind of deal with that worst case scenario ahead of time and troubleshoot it ahead of time and and then really realize like you're not doing anything out of fear or like that scarcity mindset, but you're really doing it for the right reasons. And and no matter how it works out, you'll be able to take some sort of step forward, some sort of massive action instead of just kind of feeling defeated or paralyzed. Like this is not a 
This is not an industry that works at a specific pace. I mean, you can be, the good thing about this industry is you could be 70 years old and write your book for your first time and be a wild hit, or you could be 22, or you might not sell anything for a couple of years and then boom, like lightning strikes and you're able to, you know, write the book that you've always wanted to write. That's the great thing is there's no, there's no timeline here. There's no, there's no, there aren't any rules and what it means to really be relevant. I think that like putting out a book a year and going, 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 I think that's starting to change a little bit, which I'm, I'm glad about. And if I'm being honest, like I have a couple of partials out on submission and if none of these hit, if no one picks it up, which I get, I get that it is very hard to sell based on a partial, but if these don't sell, I'm going to take some time, maybe even up to a year to kind of figure out actually where I want to go next, what kind of writer I want to be. And then I want to write something from start to finish. So I'm not rushing to stay relevant and then see what happens from there when I don't feel any pressure to get something out just to compete in this super competitive game. Well, and what's hilarious is I think that's fucking awesome, by the way. And I also, I had this conversation with a client the other day um, about like, and this is kind of a whole episode, whole separate podcast. Like if you are writing a book in particular, I mean, I think some, uh, you know, in, in the, in the screenwriting world, some of this can be a little bit different, but it also works at like an unbelievably unstructured and sometimes frantic, most of the time snail pace. If you're writing a book to like capitalize on a trend or what you think is a, like, if you're doing that, if you're starting the book now to capitalize on a trend that you think you see, you missed it. You already missed it. I think in, I think in, in books, you make trends or, or books get published based on trends. You don't, you don't hop on a trend. It, it, there's not, it, there's too much time that it takes from page one to bookshelf uh, for that to even uh, be a pipe dream. Absolutely. And, you know, we, with, with our clients, like that's one of our services is really kind of this matchmaking service where we're trying to place clients with the best agent for them and their career and their material. And we have an amazing client who, whose proposal got a ton of interest right out of the gate. She had like an immediate yes from this huge, huge agent. And instead of jumping and like signing that contract, she was like, you know what? I want to talk to like several more agents. So she talked to two or three more agents, um, one of like the biggest agents, and she just didn't feel a connection with her. And then she felt, she felt a very strong connection with one agent, but she like took a couple of weeks actually to just like do her due diligence, to think about it before jumping into that yes. And then when she received the contract, it wasn't a very standard contract. It was like really long. Um, and because she's a contract lawyer, she again is not rushing to just sign the dotted line. She is making sure she is setting herself up for success, for maintaining rights that are important to her. And I think more authors really need to take this seriously. Like there's no other business where you just sign all your shit away and sign all your rights away just for the sake of being right. represented. Right. Like that's not, that should not be your mindset going into it. It's just getting that yes. It should be getting the yes, but then setting it up where your future 
is the one that is being protected. And that means entering into or exiting out of a contract or a relationship and really coming at it with a business mind, taking a very pragmatic approach. And as we always say, kind of like removing the emotion from it and really looking at it both short-term and long-term, but the, the end goal is to really grow your career and you do need the absolute best team of people around you, but it all starts with you, your knowledge of what it is that you're getting into and what your overall goals and motives really are for this industry and career. Fucking A. Great advice. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Um, If you have any questions about what we're talking about today or any of the other topics we cover on these no holds barred episodes of the Right Way Podcast, you can email us at podcast at rightwayco.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y-C-O dot com. Make sure. Yeah. Tell us your, tell us your best breakup story. Come on. We know you've got one. one? Like what's worked, what hasn't worked. I would love to know. I think that is so interesting. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. Please God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys. Until next week. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Right Way Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment, and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about RightWay, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services, and sign up for our weekly newsletter, where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 